Hello, and welcome to episode 32 of Science Solutions and Sprinkles with Sarah Jane. Today, I'm going to give you a book synopsis and review of the book Do Less by Kate Northrup. So the premise behind the book Do Less is all about how to manage your energy, do less, but still get as much results. And I think it has something to do with leadership. It has a little something to do with managing your body and right your menstrual cycle. So it very is a good reference for women. There again, there's a lot of reference to menstrual cycles. So she does talk about it can be applied to men if you look at the moon cycles, and I'll get into that. I recommend it to a friend before I had finished it. I do not recommend recommending it unless you've actually read it because there is so much woo-woo. So I call it my woo-woo warning. Uh, Don't recommend it unless you've actually read it. It does have some good information and I'll kind of go through the layout of the book and I listened to it on Audible. The idea of do less is interesting to me as a mother. uh, She talks about this from the viewpoint of being a mother. This is not her first book. Kate Northrup is the daughter of Christine Northrup who wrote Women's Bodies with Women's Wisdom. And I just kind of want to go through the moon cycles, kind of the best things that I got out of it. She talks about the moon cycles and managing your energy. And the premise is that we're all water. And so if the tide is affected by the moon cycles, we are also. And so she looks at the different points that you would be in a menstruation cycle along with the cycles of the moon and what activities you should do during those times. And this is particularly interesting to me because I'm all about better ways to manage my time. So during the follicular phase of your menstrual cycle, you can look up a chart of what this is, but your follicular phase, um, is the part just after your menstruation. So once menstruation ends, you begin follicular. So we think of things cyclically. So the follicular phase or the waxing crescent phase of the moon, that's when you should be starting things. That's when you should be brainstorming, planning, all of those things that are a beginning. Think of the follicular or waxing crescent as the beginning. The next phase in the menstrual cycle is ovulation. After the moon has gone full waxing, you go to the full moon, right? Waxing is it's building on. So full moon. When it's around the full moon time, that's when you should be connecting with people or so she asserts, connecting with people, getting out there, doing more collaboration and communication. And this is especially hilarious to me because when I worked retail, the full moon was like, oh my, the crazies are out, right? So it surprises me that she would suggest to connect with people because people are usually weird around this time, at least from my personal experience. So again, ovulation or full moon, connecting, getting out there, collaboration, communication. Next phase after ovulation or the full moon, we get into the luteal phase. So your body's getting ready for menstruation, right? The the building up of the uterine lining um, or the waning crescent. So when the moon is getting smaller um, to get to go through the whole process again, right? It's, it's not that the moon's actually getting smaller. It's how much sun is on the moon is becoming less. During the luteal phase, you should be doing detail-oriented work, seeing projects to completion, tying up the loose ends. So really finishing things. Then you have your menstrual period or your period, right? It's your actual period. And that's the new moon. So when there is no sun on the moon, you can't see it. Uh, during this time. That's when you rest. That's the time for evaluation. That's time for research. So the moon cycles of managing your energy, I would say would probably be like 
the summary of the book is in that part I just shared. If you want to get something from it, it's that. I think it's a cool concept and I'll post it on my blog and I'll go over it again at the end of this. But she goes into like her whole philosophy of do less. She has some scant evidence that she says is research. I don't necessarily think that it is a well-researched book. It's more of an opinion on doing less, which is cool. It's a good theory. I'm definitely going to take some things from it. She also talks about something during the philosophy portion of the book called egg wisdom. And I think that's way woo woo, (laughs) you know, feminist power, not my, not my cup of tea. And I'll get more into my opinion on the book at the end. But the cool thing she did was do these mini experiments. So these experiments that I'm going to go through right now are chapters in the book and I'll kind of give you my takeaway, read you the chapter title or what the main point of it was and then kind of my takeaway. So in the experiments, the first experiment is to track your cycle and the moon to see if they sync up. In a lot of cases, they will. And as you know, women who hang out together, they tend to sync up, but there's usually some one outlier. She kind of gets into that, the physiology behind it. When we are around a lot of artificial light and less tracking with the moon is when we get away from our cycles tracking with the moon because our body has so many other inputs than just the sun to to regulate this rhythm. So I'm a big fan of journaling, so I'm a fan of this idea of tracking our cycle in the moon, and I think it's a different way to look at things. She talks about looking at your day as cyclical, right? You have 24 hours in a day. Um, versus linear, you know, very chronological when we look through our schedule, at least how I plan. And so looking at it cyclical, I am writing down my cycle and what the moon is doing in my planner and also what people around me are doing. So like, you know, maybe my boss called out sick on the full moon. Um, Theon had a migraine on the full moon. You know, does he consistently have a migraine on the full moon? Kind of tracking those things because I think it's an interesting thing and a different thing to look at. Number two, the second experiment is to discover what really matters to you. And she talks about knowing your priorities. And the only way you know your priorities is if you look at where you're actually spending your time. And this is something that I totally preach, right? You can't improve on something unless you know how your time is already going. So making sure that your time reflects, the time that you spend on things reflects what your priorities are. Um, So discover what really matters to you. The next thing, the third experiment, is to listen to your body. And this is something from a nutrition coaching standpoint, I've always told clients, especially when you're expecting, when you're pregnant, to listen to your body. Nutritionally, what fills you up, right? Our bodies are super smart. And so from an energy level, how do I feel about this? How do I feel about what's going on right now? How do I feel? Should I be doing, should I be completing this stuff? Do I feel like getting a bunch of stuff done or do I feel like resting? So listening to your body. Uh, I love looking at body language on people and listening to other people's bodies as well. So this was a cool chapter um, to, to listen to. Number four, check your vitals. So what are your vital few things? What are the things that you and only you can do? So again, what gives you energy? What fills you up? You know, I know that when I go out to dinner with a customer and with my boss, I'm going to be fired up after that meeting because my boss is so good at telling our company's story that it just lights me up. I am on fire, right? Customer meetings, I am on fire. I love those things. Good interactions with production, 
oh man, I'm on fire. I have good feelings when I'm making progress for my team, when I'm contributing something to the team, when I'm around people who love what they do. So what are the things that fill you up? And again, knowing what are things that you and only you can do, that way you can delegate the things that are not your vital few. And that's gonna allow you to do less. Number five, receive help. This is a fun experiment because I think we can all use help receiving better, receiving that compliment better, receiving just help better. When somebody offers to help you, take the help, right? Allowing things to happen in your life instead of trying to do it all yourself, which leads us to the sixth experiment, which is ask for help. So the best takeaway from this is to ask before you need it. And this is super helpful for me because she said it's a lot easier to have help on hand and not need it than to scramble for it when you realize that you need it. So ask for help before you need it. That way you can tell someone, hey, you know, like I thought I would need more help, but it looks like I can handle it. And I think that's a very helpful thing to help you do less is to ask for help before you need it. Number seven experiment is to simplify. So simplify not just in time, right, your schedule, but simplify in stuff. The less clutter you have, the less you have to manage. So simplifying stuff is a freeing way to do less. Chapter eight, manage your energy. That's when I already read you out the moon cycles and I'll recap those at again at the end and a little bit quicker uh, because again that's my best takeaway was this number eight experience experiment excuse me on the moon cycles and managing your energy number nine she talks about making sleep a spiritual practice because when you're well rested it makes it easier for you to function at a higher level and to be able to do less so I also discovered this after reading The Power of When, uh, which is a book written by the sleep doctor, Dr. Michael Bruce. And he has a book again, The Power of When, which is a very powerful book, but really talks about knowing when you should sleep. And he talks about managing your, managing your energy from the standpoint of what time of day to do things. So she says in her experiment, make sleep a spiritual practice, something I already do. Number 10, become a time bender. This chapter was a little woo-woo for me. Talks about how I could summarize it at least is to get in flow. So when are the times that you're doing something that the time just flies by? How can you experience flow more often, right? By doing the things that are vital to you. She talks about changing the way you think about time in the sense that like it, the more you worry about time, like the less you have. Or the example that she gave is when you're in the kitchen and your toddler wants your attention and you don't give it to them, or you try to rush through things. Well, usually because you rushed, it actually something will take more time if you have to do it again, which reminds me of the quote, if you don't have time to do it right the first time, when will you have time to do it again? Um, so it's really, she calls it becoming a time bender, a little different approach to it. Experiment number 11 out of again, 14 experiments is to streamline your to-do list she has a weekly to-do list she uses. She has the top three things that she wants to get done in that week or that month. And then she has all of this list of tasks. And my favorite term that she used for her 
streamlining her to-do list was conscious curation. So you're curating that list into what can I actually get done? And that's, I like to talk about being realistic, realistic with our to-do list. Number 12, open the lines of communication. And this was all about what I call syncing my calendar with my spouse. So I go over, hey, this is what's going on this week, right? This is when the kids have this, and this is when I have this. And when he was in flight school, I'd actually write in my planner when he had flights. That way I knew, you know, from 10 to 30 to 1230, I was gonna be able to get a hold of him because he's gonna be pre-flighting or whatever. So when he had flights, I was able to know what he was doing. So really just increasing communication around your schedule saves a lot of headache um, and allows you to do less when you communicate. She gets into relationships a lot in this chapter and talks about using a professional, going to professional counseling before you like, before you absolutely need it um, to help it open the lines of communication. I think professional counseling can be immensely helpful. Uh, Chapter 13, she talks about surrender. So the question that I wrote down for this is what are you trying to control right now that you cannot control, right? How often do we as women try to control things that are out of our scope, things that we cannot even affect? I do this all the time. So that leads right into experiment number 14, let it be enough. So again, this was a really interesting to go through the all these experiments Overall, I got out of it to be present, to be more present in what's going on with my kids, to be more present, paying attention to how I feel. I'm going to read through the moon cycles again, just because I, again, that's probably the most key takeaway and I'll post it on my blog. So the follicular phase of your menstrual cycle or the waxing crescent is when you should start things, you do brainstorming, you do planning. Ovulation or full moon connecting with people, getting out there, collaboration, communication. Luteal or waning crescent, that's when you do your detail-oriented work, you see projects to completion, and you tie up those loose ends. Menstrual or new moon, that's time for rest, evaluation, and research. So in the end, I think this book is really cool. I loved it because I think that we're all energetic beings, and you know, she talks about we're all water, so we're affected by the moon. I think that's interesting. I didn't like it because some of the political comments, some of the feminism that I don't think are necessarily helpful for people. I mean, I'm a a female in a leadership role and some of the political agenda feminism I don't agree with. This is probably a whole nother podcast, but I didn't like the political comments. She actually called out certain politicians in her book and I just was not that I just irked me did not make me feel good about it again I got some good information out of it but again if you're gonna recommend this book I recommend listening to it yourself or reading it yourself before you do so again this is a book review and synopsis of do less by Kate Northrup this is Sarah Jane Widener of Science Solutions and Sprinkles. I will post the moon cycles and managing your energy on my blog at sprinkles.com, S-S-S-P-R-I-N-K-L-E-S, sprinkles.com. This is episode 32.